I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Master Storylines. Best bets one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What's going on, boys? Uh, what it, a week. Closer. <laughs> you, could say, you could say it right now. What a week. It's just incredible. Uh, I, I'm fired up. I can't wait. Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello. I, I got to keep my giggles down after... Uh, the Texas Open preview, but uh, you know, we're in a button down for this. We're at the Masters, so all proper, knotted up, double Windsor, and uh, a lot of storylines to get to. That's right. Uh, he is not only here, he is there. Kyle Porter from Augusta, Georgia. Good to see you, KP. I'm, I'm, I'm with Greg. What a week. I'm fired up. <laughs> uh, was at the course today. Didn't get a ton of actual course time, a lot of interview room. I actually got a behind-the-scenes tour, Rick, that you would have um, you would have loved. It was kind of the marriage of uh, the data, the data boys, the data world with the masters. Oh, uh, it was kind of, it was an it was an IBM tour basically, and it showed they kind of showed everything that goes into the app and the predictive stuff, and it was extraordinary. One of the guys I was with said, "Man, I wish Rick was here. We would we would have been in there another hour. He would ask so many questions." That's not true. You didn't. Say, no one said that. Yeah, seriously. Somebody said that. Yeah. Wow. I'm honored. Yeah, it was it was your boy Stephen. Oh. 
Yeah. From Golf, my guy from Golf Digest? Yes. Yeah, I love absolutely. Steve and um, it, it was, I mean, it was, it was almost too much information to take in. You, you would have been like, I, we would have had to like, just hold you, you know, upright. It, it was, it was, it was <laughs> like the amount of information that they sort through to produce the masters app and the, and the masters.com and just everything that goes into it is it's, it's like mind boggling. It's extraordinary. Uh yeah, that first of all, we talked about it the other day, how how solid that app is from a streaming standpoint, but from a just everything standpoint, right from all the predictive stuff from all the stats from everything happening in real time, even like the clips that get in there in real time, like it's it, matching a shot to a video clip just in general is like not an easy task. And they do it. What are they gonna do it 20,000 times this week or something like 20,000 times they showed us the sort of technology behind the AI uh, commentary. Right. So so this year in the app, the thing that they were lacking is you, you can watch all the shots, but there's no commentary, which feels kind of. Oh. We, I don't know if it feels weird, but now there's commentary on every shot. So wait, there's compu a, a, a computer watches the shot and then describes it and they put that over as the commentator over the video. Yeah. Mark is, Immelman is, it, is in trouble. Wow. They are is, is automating his job. There's there like uh, what? there's gonna be a lag. Yeah, there's like thirty seconds or a minute or whatever. But that's nothing. The 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 commentary is it might not even be that long. The commentary is like they played it for us and it does it, I mean you can tell it's not like you know, th there's no inflection, there's no emotion, there's no none of that. <laughs> but they give it like this list of things that it could say. Like they showed us this clip of Rory hitting out of the bunker on 10. And the guy says, the the, the computer uh, says, Rory's hitting out of the bunker. This is his second, or this is his third shot on Camille or whatever the hole's called. And he's three, three under for the day, whatever. Like it just gives you all this. It, it's, it's basically just information, which is, I, I mean, it, it seems like, I guess, normal in like the technological world that we live in. But to do that in basically real time is it's it's and they they, they said that the next iteration is going to be in like every language i was so going to say could, like wow if you could do like accents like ways or google maps you can, well they said the more important thing for them is languages so you can do it if you're watching hideki in japanese if you're watching you know siwu in korea what whatever like whatever the language is like that's their next goal is to get it to kind of that level which is just like i mean <laughs> the technology of Augusta, of of like the masters is so far beyond everything else in golf and maybe sports that it's like just hard to kind of comprehend how far ahead of the curve they are yeah you're right you would have had to drag me out of that room Really. Oh, me, you, me and me and Watson would have been having beers, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, not Tom either. Just just oh. just plain plain old Watson. Watson, yeah, my guy. They they showed the the data that goes into the predictive hole, like they predict each hole, each score, each round, like all this stuff. I mean, you would have been like just just losing your mind. They were asking trivia questions. What are the three most predictive things for? Or what are the three things that are most predictive for score for, you know, as we try to predict a score, you would have been just like 
just I don't know. You you might have gotten booted from the property, honestly. Oh, my heart. So this is actually funny. So JetBlue Amigo says this conversation is going to seem so, so weird and old-timey in like 10 to 20 years. Have you ever seen that thing when Al Roker sees an email address for the first time and he's like, what's that? <laughs> what's that A with a circle around it mean? What's that mean? You know, the internet? Yes. The internet? Yes. Like that's somebody's, what this is going to sound like. <laughs> somebody's going to play this. You know, you no line up too is going to play this in like 30 years, and we're going to seem like just aliens, just complete clowns. That's so good. Uh, well, let's. I mean, we had a big day. I mean, what a day, Greg, for sure. I mean, the, the main thing that we've been going through, uh, here is, is is pressers. We got a lot of guys on the schedule, so let's let's start with uh, Rory McElroy. What I find so fascinating about Rory we've got some clips we'll we'll get to them in a second is just how aware he is right I mean he is he's obviously well aware he's going for the career grand slam he's well aware of what that would mean in his in his place in the game he's a golf historian he like it's just there it almost seems like he's doing himself a disservice because he knows so much about his place in history as he's trying to make history yeah, I mean, you almost feel like he's scrolling on uh, rickrungood.com looking at his strokes gain metrics as he answers. He might, these he questions. might be. He right. Might be. He might be. He knows this stuff as if he's an analyst, not a uh, not a a player, um, which is which is kind of cool to see. So I thought Rory today was, um, like you said, Rick, very aware. Uh, I think there were a couple of things that really stood out to me that sounded. Um, really positive. Uh, one of them being how much, fu- how much he likes coming here, and he he goes to Augusta National because it's fun. That's one of the reasons why he's played eighty. What was it, eighty-one holes here in the last two and a half weeks? Um, and now now it's ninety, right? So he, he, and he did it because of the fun. And I have been wondering ever since his sixty-four in the final round last year if he would be able to re-emulate that feeling of fun that he described right after that round as in when when rory finished that round those comments that he made about um about this tournament being so important for him for this year and for the next masters would that last throughout the year or was that just a feeling of emotion because he just hold a bunker shot and the crowd went crazy and he came in second and shot 64 and had so much fun and and it really seems like he's embraced that throughout this year uh, and embrace that, especially coming into this week, which I I think was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Let's continue down that road, Patrick. I want to get your thoughts on this. Rory talked about scar tissue experience, how one weighs against another. I think we have a clip here, Josh. And what's the difference between accumulating, you know, experience and perhaps accumulating a little bit of scar tissue. I think you have to go through everything, right? Like it's not, I don't think, not every experience is going to be a good experience. Um, I think that would lead to a pretty uh, boring life. You know, you have to learn from those challenges and learn from some of that scar tissue that's built up. But, um, you know, I felt last year that I maybe shed some of that scar tissue and, and, and felt like I, I sort of made a breakthrough. So, um, you know, I'm feeling as sort of relaxed as I ever have coming in here just in terms of, you know, Feel like my game's in, in a in a pretty good place, and you know I know the place just as about as well as as anyone's. Shedding scar tissue and having a breakthrough—two things that I heard there, Patrick from Rory. Yeah, just to kind of echo Greg's point about 
the final shot in the 72nd hole. He's going to have to parlay that feeling into Thursday in particular. Four straight over par opening rounds. Did Patrick Reed break him in 2018? That was the last time he was really in contention at the Masters. He wasn't really a factor there in the back nine. And he talks about scar tissue. He's kind of, he knows his place in the game, like you said, Rick. He knows everything that's up for grabs, what's at stake. And he's pretty much played himself out of these last four Masters super early. And so he has been able to shed those expectations. We've seen it with all these backdoor top fives, top tens, where he's on the razor's edge and he falls over. Okay, I'm probably not going to win. I'm going to freewheel it, turn in 30, get everyone jazzed up. Maybe he can do it, but he doesn't. So the real thing for me for Rory McIlroy and scar tissue is what are those expectations going to be like if he opens with a round of 69 on Thursday? Because we have not seen him in that spot in a pretty long time where it's, holy crap, Rory McIlroy is third on the leaderboard after 18 holes. This is the moment where he usually messes up. Uh, So for me, it's can he play like a kid, like he's having fun, like Greg said, when those expectations are there even deeper into the tournament and when they're even more realistic? Because we haven't seen that in a while. Uh, Patrick, do you know how many times he has – he is he has broken seventy in in uh, the opening round. Uh, I, I I just know it's four straight over par. I think so, he's only done it um, two or three I, times. I've, I've got it right here. I've actually nice little plug here. According to the golfrecord.com, which is now live, Ooh. um, which I've been working on building. Congratulations! Thank you. Uh, it was live like. As of 15 minutes ago. I was so. going to say, I didn't get an email, or at least I didn't check my email. Yeah. Uh, he has broken 70 just twice. Happened in 2011. That didn't end very well. And it happened in 2018, which also uh, did not end all that well. But, you know, those were the two years that he played in the final pairing on Sunday. And I think that that's not a coincidence. Rory's a front runner. He always has been. I think he probably like if he wins majors in the future, that's probably how he'll win them. I think Rick, the thing that I am, and I I think I'm going to try to write about this for Wednesday for CBSports.com. Rory has been sort of waging this battle against live for the last year or whatever. But for this week, the, Rory's kind of forever war at Augusta is with himself. And that's what happens when Tiger and Jack are giving you green jackets and you, and you don't have, and you don't actually have one yet is it it becomes a war with yourself. And he kind of, he kind of, I asked him about that today and he was like, yeah, it's emotional and it's mental. It's not physical. Obviously. I think everybody knows that. And I think it is above everything else. I think it's, fascinating to watch athletes but not just athletes anybody be kind of in a war with themselves because you can talk about like let's just take lamar jackson trying to get to the super bowl you're like well the 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 defense of the other team like that's what that's what uh turned the tide like that's what kind of kept him from doing that if Rory doesn't win the masters ever that's it's only on him right? Like 
it's just, and that's unique to golf, but it's also unique to Rory, I think, at this place. And I think it's a fascinating thing to watch. And the way he ended his interview on, um, on, on Tuesday, I've got the quote right here. He says, I don't need to do anything differently this week. I go, which maybe probably need to open in the sixties. I go out and play the way I know I can get myself in with the chance to win. And then, you know, those last couple of hours on Sunday, this is, this guy like got me kind of fired up. Those last couple of hours on Sunday, it's not about whether the course sets up well for you. It's about who can hold it together the best. And that's what I want to see is like, what is Sunday afternoon with Rory in this sort of like war with his own like internal war? What does that look like? How does that play out? That that to me is the most uh, is is the most potentially fascinating thing that could happen at this Masters. Yeah, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed your question. I really enjoyed his his presser in general. He had a couple of of other thoughts here, Greg. I want to I want to hit a couple of them. Let's play the clip about uh, playing nine holes with Brooksy, Josh. You know, it's not as if I don't see, you know, some of these guys at home on weeks off. You know, I, um, I see Brooks quite a lot. I see DJ quite a lot. Uh, you know, we, we, we sort of all practice at the same place. So, yeah, but as you said, I think the more face time you get with people, the more um, comfortable you become in some way. Um, I think I'm going to go play nine holes with Brooks here in, in a little bit. So it's a uh, look and there's. There's so many. It's a very nuanced situation, and there's different dynamics. And you know, you know, it's okay to you know get on with Brooks and DJ, and maybe not get on with some other guys that went to it, right? Like it's a you know interpersonal relationships. That's just how it goes. But uh, you know, this is you know this week in this tournament is way bigger than any of that. I feel, and it's just great that all the best players in the world are together again for the first time in, in what seems to be quite a while. Interpersonal relationships, making pie. Rory ran the gamut on Tuesday. That comfortability, Greg, will look like Tom Kim and Sam Burns at 1.48 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. That's the the grouping for the first two rounds. And uh, Rory also, you know, to, to, to echo the thoughts around getting off to a good start, he was, he was also asked, like, hey, you know – only Tiger Tiger's the only guy who like wins and is not inside the top 10 after the first round. And he described Augusta national, especially for the the whole locations on Sunday as kind of more difficult to chase from. So if you are, uh, if you are in it, you're in it. If you're not, it's hard to make up ground. You know, this is something that he spoke about last year, kind of, I would say uh, at length, really, uh, he spoke about the conservative strategy. Uh, well, maybe he didn't speak about it at length, but we certainly did. Uh, that conservative strategy getting out of the gate. Uh, and while he played a wonderful round last year, I, I think he shot 73. I think 69 was certainly on the table. Uh, he hit the right shots and didn't really get anything out of the round. Um, but what's so fascinating about this, when you start to look at all the statistics of where the winners are after 18 holes, where the winners are after 36 holes and how often they come from the top five uh, on, on Sunday. Um, it, it almost makes you feel like you got a chase from the first tee on Thursday, right? And getting up into that position through some aggressive play early seems like it would be somewhat important when you look at all those numbers. Uh, and, and But 
so I, I, I'm fascinated to see how he employs this conservative strategy, um, which he's talked about and hinted at many times over the last couple of years. You know, he said greens of regulation is the most important thing. Uh, knowing when to pick your spots and being patient is a, a really important thing. Tiger also mentioned the guys that win here are patient players. And, and, and so I, I think that will be a fascinating concept. And when I think about that kind of strategy and getting the most out of that round, when you play patient, it all comes down to what you do on and around the greens. You miss a shot by a yard and end up in a bunker and have an easy up and down. You got to get it up and down. Uh, when you hit it on the green into the fat part of the green and, and you avoid the, the hazards and avoid short siding yourself, but you got a two putt. And when you do have one of those opportunities, like a par five, you got to make birdie. And that's how you can piece together a 69. Um, but it, it has to be a match of execution and, and strategy for sure. Craig, 12 of the last 15 uh, Masters winners have been in the 60s after round one. Yeah. And you got to go back. I think it's since 2005. Everybody's been in the top 10 after round ones uh, other than, well, I think it was Tiger in 05 and then Tiger in 2019. We're not in the top 10. Everybody else has been inside the top 10 that went on to win, which I think to your point about Augusta, it's hard to, and somebody said that maybe it was Roy or maybe it was Tiger today said that just chasing, I think you just said this also is just, it's really, it, it's hard. Yeah. Rory said that. And I'm curious about, you were saying that Rory, his his strategy is to be more conservative. Did he say that in his press? I don't remember him saying that. Or was it a different la interview? Uh, la that was last year. Um, and, and we spoke about it beforehand. He said, you know, the guy yeah. that have won here. And I may, I'm paraphrasing when I say that. But he talked uh, specifically about a conservative strategy last year. Well, and I think that, like, I heard an interview with him yesterday on Sky Sports where he was like, you need to be more aggressive. And it's like, well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he knows like what I, I, I think he's like talked himself into both sides of that sort of idea, right. Of, of being aggressive or being conservative. I think my question for you, Greg is remember in 2021 when Phil won the PGA and at some point on Saturday afternoon, you're like, Hey, this event, no matter what happens, this is about Phil. Like this is, that's it. Like that's the whole deal. Yeah. What does what does Rory have to do for the for this tournament, this this Masters, to become like whatever happens, it's about him. Like for you personally, for me personally, I, I think if Rory shoots a seventy or better on Thursday, um, that that's that's all that's, it's like. That's lofty. Yeah. That's that's wow. Yeah, I think I, I mean, it, and it probably takes another good round on Friday. Right. Okay. I, I, I say, you know, after one round, it's hard to say unless he's the leader. If he's the leader on Thursday, you know, the event turns into a Rory show. No question about it. It's a Rory show now. I was going to say, I was going to say, if he leads on the back nine on Sunday, like if he steps on 10 yeah. with the lead. No, I think it's earlier than that. I'm with you, yeah. Rick. I think it's I, earlier I, you, than that. You too. can't compare a 51 year old Phil Mickelson to a 33 year old Rory McRoy with ample opportunities to recap captured at the slam. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't disagree, but it's, it's, it's not like he's 23. I mean, he, he, how many, how many, so, how many, so, like, 
he has to he has to bear the burden of shooting an opening round sixty eight and this thing becoming him. I, I disagree with the the first round thing. Okay. I think it's at at least a Friday night lead. No, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with that. Does, at least. It, does it depend yeah. at all? I mean, what if Rory's three shots back on Friday night and uh, and it's a bunch of guys that you you're not familiar with? Right, yeah. you know, like who's who's ahead of or, him if he's or, not in the lead? I could get to Friday night if he has like a four shot lead on Friday night. Then it is absolutely the Rory story. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what happens; it's all about Rory. I just think it's so much of the Rory story now. The closer he is into contention, and, and I agree, it's after it's a lead, a significant lead on Thursday, or a uh, you know being in contention Friday that I think would really make it all about Rory to me. And that's in large part because it's all about Rory to me right now. <laughs> right. So it, now it just, it just kind of kicks that down the road a little bit. It's still all about Rory. Yeah. Greg's and, like and when he tees off on Thursday morning, it's all about like, Rory. Like he, just, he doesn't, well, you're, you're basically saying like, as long as he doesn't play himself out of the tournament. Yeah. Right. Yes. Now, uh, Greg's like, if he signs a scorecard, I'm very <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's good enough for me. No, if he's going to, you know, miss the cut, it's not going to, um, it'll obviously fade away from the Rory story very quickly. But anywhere near contention, that's the name that I have circled. Well, contention uh, is not what the greatest golfer of all time is uh, thinking about for, for Rory. Play it, Josh. What would you say? to him as he tries to join that exclusive club this week? Well, he will. It's just it's a matter of time. Uh, Rory has the talent. He has the game. He has all the tools to, to win here. It's just a matter of time. Um, it, it takes, I mean, a lot of things have to happen to, to win at this golf course. A lot of things have to go right. And um, I think Rory has, has shown over the years that he's, he's learned you know, how to play this golf course. Um, you, just, you just have to understand how to play it. And he's been there. I mean, last year he made a, he made a great run, um, put himself there. But I think that it's just a matter of time, whether it's this year or next or whenever it comes, uh, it, he will get it done and he, he will have the, the, the career grand slam. It's just that, you know, what year it will be, it, it, it will definitely happen. I, so I thought this was interesting because Tiger was not um, – this wasn't a situation where he had to say that. There, there are some questions where it's like yeah, like you're sort of forced into to say, like giving an answer that – like when Tiger's asked, are you, uh, do you show up thinking you have a chance to win? Like you know, say no. Like right. I mean – but this wasn't a situation where – I, at least I don't think I can go back he, and look at the. He question. wasn't. He wasn't asked. Do you think Rory will win the Career Grand Slam? He was asked, "What are you telling him?" or something of that nature, which is a yeah, different. That's more much more open ended question. Yeah, if you if somebody could pull that up, that would, that would be awesome because I'm pretty sure it was it was it was open ended and he just kind of went right into it. But you know, it's it's interesting because I think that. Fred Couples did this on on Monday also, where he was asked about Rory because they played a practice round with uh couples tiger rory and tom kim on which what a crew on monday and fred couples is like i mean he just kind of he just got to play better than everybody and then beat like three guys on sunday and you're like man it seems so easy like <laughs> the, the way that fred couples talks about it um 
So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that Tiger was like pretty aggressive about saying that in a situation where he didn't really have to. And I think too, it, it would be like the, it's only a matter of time thing. There are so many legends in this game, including Sam Snead, right? Including Arnold Palmer guys. You would think for sure they'll win a U.S. open or win a PGA or, you know, win a master. It is for sure. You think that these guys are going to do it and they don't. And I, I find it fascinating that in the, the five guys who have won the career grand slam, uh, they've never done it beyond their third attempt. Yeah. Right? It's been three attempts or less. This is Rory's ninth attempt. I just wonder, does that you use the word burden earlier, Rick, it, the burden seems like it's growing and growing and growing. That that Patrick is the privilege of being of being Tiger Woods to say to be able to say, oh, he'll get it done eventually. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Like, yeah, easy for you to say, Mr. 15 of these things. I honestly think he's trying to almost light a fire under Rory's ass. I don't know if it's needed, but maybe like try to push him over the edge even more. Then he should have said, hell no, I'll never win. One. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's like everyone looks up to what Tiger says. It's as good as the Bible pretty much uh, for some people, but it's like what he said didn't like, we all know Rory McIlroy can play Augusta national. Well, uh, and it's just, it's, I wish he, I wonder if, I assume he has, but like, has Rory picked Tiger's brain about it as much? I mean, it's completely different. Tiger completed it when he was quite younger, not when he was in his mid-30s. But I, I would love to know kind of the interactions. I know everyone would. We'd pay a million bucks to see them talk about Rory's mental struggles with c- completing the career Grand Slam. But also to Greg's point about the three mark, I mean, Augusta's the only one you come back every year. The ghosts are there in the trees. They're haunting Rory McIlroy every single year when he comes back onto the properties. And that just makes it that much more difficult. So Tiger, like I understand the, the, the want or need to blow this Tiger quote kind of up, not out of proportion, so to speak, but it's nothing new. Rory McIlroy knows how to play Augusta national. He's he shot 64 in the final round last year. Like, He's been in contention multiple times. It's just mentally, like Kyle's question to him, emotionally, uh, how is he going to handle it? And he hasn't handled it great. Well, and I think my last thing on this is the argument for Rory, and I think about this a lot, um, not just with him, but with any of these guys, because there's only four of these a year. And you think about like what's the what's the Monday after the Masters like when you haven't done it again, mm. like that weight of of time that's like weighing on you, where you're like, oh my gosh, like another year, I got to wait another year. I'm going to be another year older. What am I even going to be playing like in a year? And I think the argument for Rory is <laughs> sort of ironically the Open Championship because he he went out in the fight. I mean. The weight of that open, you guys felt it on TV. It was it was probably even more prominent from like on like on the grounds, like being there, of like how many people were like begging him to win that tournament, and he didn't shoot seventy five on. He didn't like 
he he stayed in his world and he yeah he he, he didn't like make he didn't like put a score together on sunday but he didn't like wilt and i i do wonder if like having gone through that cuz that was kind of the first time in a while that he's been like hey rory's going to win a major this week like that that hasn't that hasn't really happened that often over the last 8 years right and i i do wonder if going through that situation maybe even more so than holding the bunker shot on 18 at augusta has him like sort of mentally ready to take on those last two three four hours if he's in it this year at the masters yeah that was that felt like a season-long culmination that he was he was just going to win the open championship that's what was going to happen we had all come to terms with it 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 was going to happen it obviously did not um transition to tiger here greg the big cat quarter century 25 cracks at Augusta National. He is going out with, oh, my heart, Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley. That's that's the group for the first two rounds, which gets me excited and, and nervous and everything in between. But uh, Tiger kind of addressing his own future, lack thereof. Let's run it, Josh. Quick follow-up. When you're playing this course, does it ever cross your mind this could be the last time? Yes, it has. Um I, I didn't know. I mean, last year was kind of a, um, didn't know if I was, I was going to play again at that time. Uh, for some reason, everything kind of came together. And I kind of pushed it a little bit. and I was able to make the cut, which was nice. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many more I have in me. So the, just to be able to appreciate the, the, the time that I have here and, and cherish the, the memories. I don't know how many more I have in me. Tiger finished 47th last year, Greg. We saw him at Riviera a couple of, I guess that was a couple of months ago at this point. And we're going to get a, we're going to get something. I don't know what we're going to get, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I do think that it's a good group, a good, a very good grouping for him. I don't have any issues with that. Um, I, I think that, at this, we can expect Tiger to make the cut this week. I think we're going to see some really, really good golf out of him, um, especially early in the week. Now, the weekend's a big, a big concern for me uh, at this point. Just looking at the weather forecast, let alone what we've seen, you know, in his last few starts on on weekends, we know that his fatigue factor deteriorates, and the consistency in his game isn't there for so many different reasons. Um, that cold weather is going to be—it's going to be really tough on him. Cold and rain, long days and rain—that's uh, going to be a challenge. Should he make it to the weekend? But uh, he, the ball speed is there for Tiger. Uh, the shot making seems to be there. And I love that he was out there working on his short game, uh, his putting, his wedge play on Sunday night. Uh, putting an emphasis on that, I think, is the recipe for Tiger to you know, make the cut, put together good rounds to shoot under par on this golf course. It, it hinges on his short game and putting, in my opinion. The bar was very low, obviously, Patrick, but uh, Tiger off the tee at Riviera was his best driving week since August of 2020. He gained strokes on approach for the first time since September of 2020. Uh, obviously, he didn't play much in there, but I think that I'm at least more positive on him this week than I have been in quite some time. Ooh, I kind of I kind of disagree based off Ooh. his press conference. I, I I felt like it was a pretty stark contrast his tone from February to April. No just point. his 
his willingness to he's like you know i'm gonna be in the buggy in three years i'm just just waiting <laughs> for the to be out there with freddie uh and you heard joe lacava mm-hmm. saying he, he's in quite some pain now and he even talked about even though his endurance may be better the pain's even worse mm-hmm. so i'm i'm actually uh my expectations were lowered from that press conference and then you combine that with the weather like greg said yeah. Soft grounds, it's going to make Augusta National that much more difficult to walk. We saw it last year. He shot 78-78 over the weekend. He did putt poorly. He did actually putt somewhat decent there at Riviera. So, like Greg said, it's going to be, can he make enough five- to eight-footers to get himself through to the weekend? Uh, I think that'll be the key. But the weather draw is not going in his favor. What he said did not exude confidence, in my opinion. So I, I think he's really up against it this week. Here, here you go, KP. I'll, I'll tee you up on this. Yeah. So so Thursday, 85 degrees. Friday, 68 with rain, a lot of rain. Saturday, 55 degrees with a lot of rain. I hope you brought layers because you, you've got a lot to, that you're going to have to deal with over there. And obviously, Tiger's going to have to deal with a lot. Yeah, I, I always bring layers. You know that, Rick. I do. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Patrick. It, it did not sound, and and this is a little bit of <clears throat> what I was kind of getting at last year. Of like, everybody kept saying like, "Oh, once he's healthy," and you're and you're kind of like, "Wait a second, does this thing get like, does this get better, or like, is the best case scenario that it stays the same?" And you know, the thing I think that is is weird. So first of all, Rory said, um, "Hey." if tiger could walk, he'd be one of the favorites. And you're like, well, that, that's not great. Like that doesn't, and what he, he was, he was trying to be like comp- complimentary and positive, but like it, it sort of, that like tells the story. Right. And, and I think what's so weird is when you look at other sports, when you look at athletes in other sports, when they lose, like th- their career starts to deteriorate when they lose the ability to do the thing they're best at. So, Tom Brady can't um, – he's a bad example. Let's say uh, – I don't know. Give me a – give me a – like Michael Jordan can't like shoot that well or like jump and dunk anymore. And like his career deteriorates. Strangely, Tiger can still do the th- – like the actual act of hitting a ball as well as ever. He just can't get to the next ball – to hit it, which is not really part of, I mean, it's part of the event, but it's not really like the, the thing that makes him what uh, good at what he, what he's good at. You no know? one ever said this guy is an elite walker to the right. He's still and it's, like, it's such a strange <laughs> thing. That, like, walking. Yeah. Yeah. Strike saying, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, literally approaching your ball, like literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so i i i like that's a very kind of weird thing to me that he's still and you watch him swing on the on the on the range you're like it looks pretty good but the fact that he's in more pain the fact that the guys that he's playing with are talking about like you know if he could walk he'd be kind of in this and you're like oh that that seems like a real problem like for the for the for the actual tournament. So I don't know. I, I think Tiger can make the cut. It, it was kind of sad to hear him at the very end. He was talking to, I can't remember who asked the question, but he was saying, you know, I don't really sleep. I don't sleep that well. And 
I think about all the shots at Augusta National in my mind. So basically he's saying like, I can take on this place and win it with my mind, which is what he did in 2019 in a lot of ways. I just can't physically like get to the ball to hit it. So he's got his, he's got his swing in his mind, which you're like, if Tiger has that, he always has a chance, but he kind of doesn't have a chance because he can't physically get to the ball to have the, to put those two things together. All right. Well, uh, as mentioned, he's got that. Uh, what was it? Is it afternoon tea time on? No, ten eighteen Eastern early on late. Thursday. No, late early. Although it's really not like waves, but he's got it's ten a.m., ten eighteen, and then seven eighteen. He's not at seven eighteen. He's at two eighteen. I'm an idiot. So or I one eighteen. Okay, I thought this was wow. Okay. I might have screwed this up. I thought this was showing me round one, round two. It was showing me Eastern time, Pacific time. So I hate when that happens. Disregard everything I have just said ah. about tea times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate it for you. Yeah, that's that's on that's on me. I think I need a break. So we will. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. We'll continue this conversation with with Camp Smith and Brooks Kepka, Scotty Shuffler, best bets, one and done, everything in between. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Cam Smith's presser was actually yesterday, Greg, and I thought he was quite open, honest, transparent. He addressed any of the live questions that he took. He confirmed that um, his game is not really in the state that he would like it to be, that he didn't do as much preparation this offseason as he did last offseason. He also told us that, yeah, wearing the logos, that's that's a contractual obligation. And I brought he actually said he brought two different sets of clothes, one with the live logos, one without, just in case somebody at Augusta National said he shouldn't be wearing them. There was a lot yeah, there. That that starting with the last thing first, um, if it's a contractual obligation unless the people at Augusta National say you, you can't. <laughs> right. It, some, it was so things, funny. He just yeah. like looked over to his left. He's like yeah, like, so am I good or not? <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Uh, that was a, a bizarre thing. Um, I do think in general with all the players, it's been very respectful, very cordial. Um, I don't think there's been too much, uh, you know, fire thrown on this, which I think is good. The The respect for this event has been maintained and it's uh, in large part remained the storyline. So that leads you to Cam Smith's game. Cause he does have a wonderful record here, but you know, what happens with that off season? And I wonder if, you know, it's easy to jump to the fact that 
well, you just got your big payday. You made a whole bunch of money and now you're going to take a bunch of time off. Um, another aspect is, well, you said you went there so you could spend time in Australia and you went and spent time in Australia. Um, another aspect is, look, on the PGA Tour, we haven't really seen an offseason in a long time. And one thing that kind of jumped out to me was this year when when the top players have an offseason and don't have to play in the fall, are they going to uh, approach this with a similar approach? Are guys going to stay sharp? Are they going to take a little too much time off? Um, so th- those things were ringing in my head. But the last thing that was ringing in my head is something that Kyle has brought up in the, you know, the Cam Smith being the best player in the world battle, which is, look, Cam Smith got hot. Kyle has long said Cam Smith got hot somewhat recently and is not like this all time great player. And so correct me if I'm wrong there, Kyle, but, but basically what that speaks to me is you can't just put the clubs away and expect to be on this heater when you come back, right? He, the heater doesn't necessarily stay. And so it's taken him a while to get it back, but you don't know if you ever will. Cause maybe what you did the last year and a half was kind of an anomaly. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a, a real potential. Yeah, that, that was my take. I, I think it's not just a Cam Smith take. It's, it's a Jason day take. It's a Jordan Spieth take. It's all these guys that you get. It's a Brooks Kepka take. You get hot for two, three. I mean, it, it, to maintain the level that DJ's been at for 15 years, that Rory's been at for 15 years, that Tiger was at for 20 years. I mean, that those are like 15 guys ever. And Cam Smith's just not, not one of them. The question is, has the heater carried over into 2023? And I think, I think no. And I'm just kind of going on what Cam Smith said. He's like, I'm not playing very good golf right now. And you're like, well, well, okay. I I can see that. And you're saying it. So I don't know what, what else I would like, what else I would buy into or what else I would even believe. I will say, I thought, I thought Cam Smith was really good on a lot of the live stuff on Monday. And I think he, I think he should get a lot of credit for that. Cause he's the only guy they sent out there. Uh, he, he he wasn't like he was just like hey here's the shortfalls or here's the here's the downfalls of live here's the shortcomings of live here's where we've struggled i'm not he he was asked about rushing the green on 18 and he's like yeah i don't uh, I, basically like i think we're good there like that's probably not gonna happen and i just i, I think he gets some credit for kind of diffusing the bomb right of like of like not turning the heat up and when he was the one that kind of could have. And I think, you know, him and Rory both had quotes about like, Hey, they didn't say these words, but the implication was, Hey, the majors are like, this matters. And there's this galvanization of guys around the majors. That's super meaningful. And live has made the majors more meaningful, which is what we talked about for like five months last year. So I thought I I was, I was actually walked away like, impressed with him on Monday afternoon. Uh, so did I. I thought he did a great job. Um, wh- one more thing on Cam Smith. I think we have a clip. Can we run the clip, Josh? I think it's just important uh, for the live guys to be up there because I think I think we need I think we need to be up there. I think um, there's a lot of chatter about uh, these guys don't play real golf. These guys go, don't play real golf courses. Um, 
for sure, I'll be the first one to say the, the fields aren't as strong. I'm, I'm the first one to say that, but um, we still got a lot of guys up there that can play some really serious golf. You know, I've spent probably an hour out in the range already uh, this afternoon. It was good to see some familiar faces, uh, lots of laughs and uh, lots of handshakes. Um, and, and it was really, it was really nice. I, I really wasn't sure what I was going to expect uh, walking onto the range, but it was good to see some uh, familiar faces and, and lots of smiles. So, Patrick, he poo-pooed the idea of them hanging around 18 and rushing the winner, but he did say, like, I, I think we need this. I think it, a, a win for a live golfer, and I think we have the graphic of the guys who are in the field this week, like, they think that a win would validate what they're doing. Yeah, he, he said quite a lot in that short clip. Uh, the first was kind of the quality of the fields. And Brooks Kepka kind of touched on this today as well. Uh, Brooks and Rory, I guess, exchanged a few texts on Sunday. And Brooks was like, hey, you want to play at Augusta a practice round together? Rory said, yeah. And they're like, why'd you want to do that, Brooks? He's like, I want to see where my game stacks up, right? And you look at the odds. Brooks Kepka was like 90 to 1. He shot down to 35 to 1. He was 35 to 1 last week to beat you know, freaking Sebastian Munoz on a, a Muni course. Now he's 35 to one to beat Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. It, it's kind of crazy to me. So he, he's trying to obviously compare where he's at with one of the best, you know, couple players in the world. Um, and then to the quality form, sorry, I kind of always get lost in Cam Smith's uh, follow through. He holds that finish really sneaky hold for Cam Smith for quality. John Rahm talked about this a little bit. And so did Cameron Smith, how some years he's come to Augusta National and he's used it as a springboard. And John Rahm said today, just some people, everyone always talks about how you can't really come into Augusta searching for any parts of your game. But some people can. You think about Jordan Spieth, Tiger at times, Phil at times. I wonder if Cam Smith could also fall into that realm. Just he, he talked about how he needs to be more creative and maybe a return to Augusta, not necessarily in Orange County National, will unleash that creativeness. Um, I, I think I think Kyle agrees with that point. Uh, and then, yeah, just the depths of the field. It, it's going to be really interesting to me to see if they. I, I, I'm not I'm not totally convinced they're going to lose their sharpness. It's not too far removed, in my opinion. Uh, he, he is still the most recent major champion. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, they contended in major championships in 2021. So I think the thing for Cam Smith is if it's an anomaly, his performance in 2022, I think we will find out this week because sometimes people can harness that magic of Augusta National and use it as a launching pad, like he said, and sometimes it can't. And if he doesn't this week, I think – Kyle's absolutely right to the point where his 2022 was just, a, you know, a great year, but a flash in a pan. Let's use that to transition to Brooks Kepka. Uh, Brooks had a, a good quote about playing against Rory and Scotty. Go ahead, Josh. All the good players back, back in one field again, right? Um, it's the first time we've seen it in a long time. So that'll be exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to it just to see everybody and, and compete against them. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I do miss playing against Rory. I do miss playing against Scotty, and I'm sure they miss playing against us as well. And that's just, that's a fact, right? You always want to play against the best. And 
um, that's just going to make, like you said, Augusta even more special. But yeah, I think if one of the Live players does win, I think it'll be uh, definitely a huge statement for Live. Um, and, and I know that all what is it, 17 guys, 18, 18 all 18, um, and all 18 of us want to want to win. And I think when you look at it, if if one of the guys does, I I would be shocked if all of us aren't there. I wonder if he forgot Bryson was in the field. Who, who's the guy he, he Who's the guy he left out in the count when he was going through that in his head? Um, KP. Yeah, maybe. KP, you know, I, I hate to romanticize this. I really don't want to do it, but I, I kind of feel like Brooksy's got that got that look in his eye. He seems seems like he's got just the right edge. The win last week. There was stuff on the range earlier. I liked his answers to all that stuff. I don't know, man. It feels a little bit feels maybe because I just watched him like uh, laying around the house in full swing, completely lost with no idea what's going on, and maybe that's the contrast that I'm seeing. But it, it feels different. I I, I don't. I don't disagree. I just need to see it a little bit, right? It, I think, you know, he, he goes out last year, nothing better than T55 in any of the four majors. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, this might not be happening again. And I think as so much of it, it's not, it's not really an indictment of him or Liv or his work ethic. It's just like injury stuff, you know, and that stuff is, it happens, but it doesn't, it, it, it happens and then it means like you're not going to be that good. It's not an, it's not a mark on like who you, like your, your career or like even who you are as a person. Um, and I think sometimes it's like taken that way. So I just, I don't disagree with you, Rick. I just need to see it for like not even one round, like nine holes, like show me a 32 and then I'm in like, how good would it be if Brooks was in the mix at this, at this master's? sick it'll be awesome yeah um all right one more thing and i want to go to you on this greg because i feel like you're probably our our resident like what the what in the world's going on with 13 so obviously that was a big uh a big change they moved it back 35 yards we have scotty scheffler on the changes and how that's impacting play but have you taken a scouting trip to augusta national i did what did you think of the changes on 13 it's longer (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot longer harder easier i mean definitely harder i i think with modern technology and that tee shot i used to hit three wood there because i can sling hook a three wood i can't sling hook a driver on purpose the ball just doesn't spin enough i can do it on accident but i can't quite sling it on purpose usually because i like to fade my driver more off the tee and so when it comes to that tee shot and hitting a hard hook with the driver is not really a shot that i'll try just because it's not it, it's not worth the risk for me. And <clears throat> that hole was one where I'd hit the same shot I hit on 10. The three wood, it has enough spin where the ball can actually stay in the air. Um, with the driver, when I hook it, the ball doesn't have enough spin to where it can stay in the air and hook that much. It kind of nosedives. But the three wood, I can set up there and it'll just be like a boomerang. But that's really the biggest change for me. Now I'll just hit driver kind of out towards the corner and try and use more of the contouring to get the ball that way versus before. I guess I should say it this way. My driver is now going where my three-wood kind of used to go. My three-wood, I could maybe get it a little bit further around the corner, but my driver is now going to where that three-wood was going before. That was Scotty Shuffler, Greg, on the first shot, the drive at 13. Rory McIlroy talked about how different the second shot is now. A longer club in with the ball above your feet and obviously Ray's Creek in front. Like it's a It's a different hole now. 
It's a very different hole. Um, I, I would say that the tee shot has gotten simpler in a lot of ways for the players. I, I think um, be, because the pine trees through the fairway are not in play as much anymore, the players will be hitting driver. Uh, the other aspect is, and Mike Weir, I know, I know Mike Weir isn't the kind of player that Scotty Scheffler or Rory McIlroy is or some of the longer hitters very, are. Very bad um, take. Very. Yeah, step yeah. out on a limb for yeah. us. Yeah, way out there. Uh, but he talked about how after he hit a driver, in order for him to go for the green, he was some 250 and there there are overhanging trees in the way. And so the the overhanging trees eliminate your ability to hit a three wood off the tee because you got to get it far enough out to get a clear shot. But you can't get it around the corner if you're a fader of the ball. And most of the top players on the PGA Tour fade their driver primarily. Uh, there Rory's one who, who does like to draw it. Xander's one who can certainly draw it, but, but the common theme now at the top level of the game is my driver fades and my three wood draws. And when you can play that way, it gives, that's your draw, your draw club becomes three wood, but all of a sudden three wood doesn't get past the corner. And so now you got to hit driver and now you're not going to, you're, you're likely not going to draw it or you're going to make a big mistake. So I think you're going to see a lot of players hit it straight out like Scotty's and many other players have said, and then they're going to decide. Um, and, and it seems to me like a lot of the players have a cutoff number. Uh, maybe it's five iron, maybe it's 235 yards, anything outside of X number or X club, I'm, I'm going to lay up. And I, I think that's going to be a very um, interesting thing come Sunday. I think on Thursday and Friday, it may you may see less fireworks there, uh, especially when it's soft. But uh, but come Sunday, I think the decision making process and the tension will really build on that hole. Should be exciting. I'm getting I'm getting quite excited about everything. We are uh, what is what are we less than are we 36 hours away? Something like that. 24 yeah, about 36 hours away from this thing getting kicked off. We are going to get into our best bets and we will finally reveal the Masters one and done selections in what has become basically the most highly contested one and done on the internet. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, CBS Sports with their very own 24-7 soccer football network. How long until we get a 24-7 golf network? Too long. On the horizon. Next week. Rory wins, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger wins. <laughs> um, okay. So here's what we do we take our 100 bucks, we go over to Caesar Sportsbook, we put 50 on a matchup, we put 30 on any finishing position that we want, and then 10 each on two separate outrights. And we've got a pretty, pretty eclectic card here. Let's see it, Josh. And we'll start with our matchup side of things. Patrick, you have opted to take the biggest dog out of any of us. What have you taken in your matchup? I hate this bet uh, solely because of the weather, cold, rainy. That is not Patrick Cantlay's MO, but Patrick Cantlay plus 130 over John Rahm. John Rahm's approach numbers at Augusta National over the years, actually pretty poor. Uh, And you think about the one course this year that they've played, big greens, undulated, high elevation changes. It is Kapalua. He did win, but he did actually lose strokes on approach that uh, tournament as well. So not too keen on Rombo's chances this week. I've heard some some rumblings about his ball striking thus far. Uh, and, and Cantlay's been better than him from tee to green over the last three months. So I'll take him at plus 130, and hopefully the, the old injuries don't uh, creep up. Cantlay over John Rom for Patrick. Greg, you are on the other side of the Patrick Cantlay conversation. Who, what have you chosen here? Yeah, uh, I've gone with Xander Shoffley over Patrick Cantlay. And you look at you look at the, what these two guys have done in majors. And this is the thing for me. Patrick Cantlay every year comes into this tournament uh, and and checks every box. He comes into the players every year and checks every box. He's a great fit on most courses, but there are some tournaments where he doesn't seem to deliver to the expectation that we all put on him. Um, Xander, on the other hand. Does I mean they've played in a very comparable number of majors? It's th- it's twenty three for Patrick Cantlay. It's twenty two for Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander Shoffley has three times as many top tens, six times as many top fives. His performance in majors has been far superior. Uh, and and I think when you look at their games right now, I think they're very comparable. And so I'm looking at this course history. I'm looking at major championship performance. I'm looking at their um, their current form, and I'm thinking Xander's got the got the edge, and he's the dog. So uh, that helps. That's right. He is. I've opted for a favorite. That's Justin Rose over Siwoo Kim. I just like Rosie around Augusta National, and Siwoo might give me literally anything. KP, ooh, a couple of flushers out of your matchup. What'd you pick? Yeah, real quick. Uh, Josh, can you pull up this comment at 5.58 p.m.? Because it's it's just getting under my skin. I need to address it. That one? Talking about number 13. They're taking the risk. So this comment says they're taking the risk-reward factor out of the equation. Uh, That's not true. Because now what what the, what they've done is they've created a risk reward. There, there was no risk reward before. Everybody, Jordan Spieth said this on Monday. Everybody just hit seven iron to the middle of the green. Like that's not a, it's a it, it's a par four. It's not a risk reward par five. But now 
Billy Horschel's like, yeah, I don't really want to, I don't really want to hit anything or, or try to rip anything at the green that's less than five iron. Well, guess what that is, Rick? It's risk. That's risk. That is like the definition of risk reward. So you can go way up and try to make your four, or you can take the risk and try to make three. And you're going to see a bunch of guys in contention on Saturday and Sunday taking that risk because it's it's going to be more it, the the variance is going to be greater than it was before. Yeah, I think you're going to see a a bigger range of scores made. Like you might uh, have, the, you could, you could in theory have the same scoring average, but I think you'll get a bigger range of scores. You don't agree with that, Patrick? I, I disagree. I think a lot of players have said they expect a lot more four to sixes as opposed to three to sevens. Um, but it's kind of like what Greg and Kyle said the first two days. Yeah. I'm sure these guys are going to be laying up, you know, ease into it. But yeah. once, once you're in contention, holy crap, I have a par five in front of me. I need to step on the gas right here. Yeah. It's like, I don't normally like to hit four irons using a baseball stance, but I might think I have to right now. Uh, so like Kyle said, the risk reward is definitely into it. I think Spieth hit it, you know, on the head thing. It's much more entertaining to watch a guy hit a three or four iron into that green than a seven or eight iron. And like Greg said, grappling that decision over the weekend when the nerves are there, when you have to make, you know, such a crucial decision at such a crucial time, I, I think the change is great. Yeah, and decision-making is a skill. Speaking of 13, my head-to-head matchup Justin features Justin Thomas, who has struggled with number 13 over the years at times. Uh, I don't – this is less about JT, who hasn't really been playing great, especially for him. But it's more about Colin Morikawa, who has been playing really – I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're excellent coming into the Masters. And he's not getting any run – He's not being talked about whatsoever, and he's flushing it all over the all over the place. Now he's not putting, and he's missed some cuts. And whatever, that's fine. My my bet is on like, hey, if he has a good putting week, he's going to finish in the top five. Like that's for sure going to happen, right? And so I, I just I, I really like him this week, and I like him especially to beat JT. Yeah, I'll foreshadow. We're going to talk a lot more about Colin Morikawa in just a few seconds. Finishing position, anyone that we want. We have three top 20s, one top 10. I'll just get out of the way here. I took Jordan Spieth to finish inside the top 10. I'm ready for it. I think he's got the magic, their creativity. The confidence was good. I liked his presser. I liked the way that he's playing coming in. Giddy up, Jordan Spieth to finish inside the top 10. And Greg, we, we kind of have to get out of the way because the other boys, they, they found the same wager. Where'd you go with your finishing <laughs> position? Yeah, I, I, I'll get out of the way here quickly too. I went with Shane Lowry. Uh, he finished third here last year. Um, but he, he has had some kind of up and down performances, but I think his tee to green stuff has been a lot better than you may think. Uh, he's 19th tee to green. He's 24th uh, approaching the green for the year. And in his last four events, he's gained strokes, uh, gained five or more strokes in two of them. I think this golf course will bring out the creativity and some magic for Shane Lowry. The other two of you, Kyle and Patrick, have found the same golfer that the chat believes is a creative player. So, Patrick, why don't you get us, for the uninitiated, up to speed on one Gordon Sargent? Up to speed is a good term, by the way. Thank you. Kyle, have you, uh, have you watched him at all this week? I have not been out there, but I, I got some intel that it's just it's unfathomable. Really? Yeah. Oh, like man. just yeah. like 
like there, I heard some stuff about like, hey, this this is like better than some of the other guys on this board when they were at the same point in college. Okay. Yeah. At, like some I, I of know, the, some of the bigger names on this board. Yeah, I know Data Golf. I think amateur ranking wise, he's like pretty close to what JT and Spieth were when they were his age. So combining that with the speed, Max Homa was gushing over him in his press conference today. Uh, he played a practice round with him and then he played with Brooks and Rory. So Gordon Sargent, number one ranked amateur, just won the NCAAs last, uh, last spring, I guess last summer. Uh, and I mean, the kid hits it. I read Brentley Romine's article on uh, golfchannel.com, just the numbers he was having into some of these greens. Yeah. I think number, number five, he hit in eight iron, I believe. Um, same with maybe 11, he might've had like 150 in. So that's just ridiculous. Uh, so if he can keep it on a map, I think eight to one, I peppered the hell out of low amateur too. Just full, <laughs> full, <laughs> I'm sorry. Two and a half to one for low am. I peppered the hell out of that, but, uh, top uh 20, eight to one. Yeah. Data, a lot of the same stuff for me. Data golf has him as the 90th ranked player in the world, not amateur, but player. Which is not they that never happens for I mean, you just don't see amateurs ranked in the top four hundred, really, in terms of, of their rankings. And uh yeah, I mean it, it's it's really um it's really interesting because you know, even thinking about the ninety seven masters was on golf channel last night and you're like, Man, Tiger looks like so different in terms of the way he hits it than everybody else in this field. And that just keeps happening in different generations, right? You know, home, like you said, Homa talking today about like, he was even more impressive in person than what I had heard or read about or whatever. And I mean, this is Max Homa's the number seven player in the world. Right. So I, this is kind of a sucker bet because there's a lot of hype around him going in, but yeah, I'm, I'm in, I, if you give me a prop bet of, of Gordon Sargent over JT, I'll take that too. Mamacita. Gordon Sargent's at Vanderbilt right now. So he is officially the number one ranked amateur in the world. He, the, the ball speed numbers are, are are pretty crazy. Now this is big difference between being in a, 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 sim, a sim stall versus being out at Augusta National. But he sits at 185 miles an hour, which just to put that into perspective would be Fifth on the PGA Tour. It's basically between Cam Young and Wyndham Clark. Okay, that's that's where he sits. And if he really if he really cuts one loose, goes go, goes and gets that personal record, hundred and ninety seven miles an hour, which is um, disgusting. Different. It's different. Yeah, it's it's fast. Very. Homa said fast. he's like he's not even going after him. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a. Uh, we're doing a, a Twitter Spaces tonight for the Masters, so I'll, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll do some. If people are listening, tune into that. We'll talk. We'll talk about his ball speed, playing with Rory and Brooks, all that stuff. All right. Well, the boys have taken Gordon Sargent top twenty at eight to one outrights. Uh, we've covered most of these guys. I went with Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa. I'm just like pretty sure Kyle, uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to win this golf tournament. I just have no reason to believe anything otherwise for 18 months. He's done exactly the same stuff. Tita greening golf courses to death, find a little bit of a hot putter back Patrick. I will run this back right to you. You and I share Colin Morikawa. So tell us who your other guy is. 
Uh, other guy Greg touched on, Xander Shoffley, 25 to 1. He's one of nine players this calendar year to be getting over two strokes uh, per round and uh, two podium finishes here the last two odd years. So 2023, bring me another one. The last one, first place. KP, overlap on Colin Morikawa here as well. Finish out the rest of your card. Uh, with the Spieth part, you mean? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just like a, it's an auto fill in for me at Augusta. Uh, he, he's been he's been better than normal at least for his last five or six years leading into Augusta. And when he plays well in the first three months, here you go. Yeah, I pulled these numbers. Um, when he plays well in the first three months, as you, as you see here, so 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2021, it just matches up exactly with his best finishes at the masters. Now could be coincidental. Uh, it's not, but it could be. And he's playing pretty well going in and I, I don't mean he's going to win, but I think he's, I think he's gonna be in it i mean have you guys considered the guys that are playing well right like going into this like who could be in it on sunday it, it, it really could brandall was saying this on monday and he was talking more from the live perspective this could be like an all-time epic masters but it it kind of like and we say this every year whatever but it kind of could be scheffler spieth rory uh if you want to throw brooks in there more cow i mean I just if you're if you're Mackenzie Hughes, like what are you thinking about on Wednesday night? Yeah. Top twenty plays I a lot. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. Top twenty pays a lot of money. Like getting a crystal vase for making it a three on fifteen or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's hone in on those par fives, baby. I just, uh, I it's yeah. We'll talk about Scotty in a minute, but it's just like so many of the top players are just cruising into Augusta. It's going to be, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for Thursday. We've been circling all these similar names, Greg, uh, you're kind of, uh, able to put a bow on it for us. Give us your two outrights here. Yeah. Um, well, Jordan Spieth, I agree with Kyle. I think there's something trending in the right direction. So I feel great about that. Um, and Scotty Scheffler, I mean, are we going to talk about Scotty now? Is that well, is now is now the time? To talk about him on the other side. All right, let's do that. I'll right. save it. All right, save it. Uh, so we got Scotty, Scotty, Jordan, Jordan, Colin, 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 Xander. There you go. Those are eight outrights from the four of us, and obviously there is clearly some Scotty Scheffler conversation coming. So uh, you want me to hit him one more break, Josh? You want me to just keep rolling through? We got to do one and done. That's the last thing we got to do. All right, we're gonna keep rolling. How about that? How about that? Commercial All right. free, ad free. We're going to keep rolling. So, one and done. Which uh, boys? I did. They did it. Did they announce it? Fifteen million. What was? What was the? I thought I saw that they announced the purse. Is that true? Uh, I think tomorrow it typically does. Um, it will not be the biggest purse in the world. It'll probably be. I think we've been talking about this like somewhere between seven through nine. But it'll obviously be quite important and lots of money on the line. And a one and done that has gotten much much tighter as the week has gone on. Greg, you are in the unfortunate position of being in last place with four million dollars, but you are in the fortunate position 
of being a lone wolf, please tell us who you have opted for this week. I guess now is the time. Now's the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scott, Scotty Scheffler. Look, from a one and done perspective, there's a couple of things here. And I'll speak like an expert who's in last place. So, for, <laughs> so forgive me. But there's a lot of golf left. Um, this The Masters is one of the events that has the stickiest course history, as we say in the, in the biz. Um, right. This is where the best players seem to play well all the time. And there are other venues like um, like TPC Sawgrass or like the the match play, for example, where while the purse is really big, the volatility is really high amongst the best players in the world. And so I felt like saving a player like Scotty Scheffler for the Masters was a really important aspect in my whole strategy. And while I want to go with a Rory or a Spieth, those are the two emotional picks. When I look at Scotty's numbers, I can't go any other way and i can't wait any longer i mean is distance the most important thing uh is is driving of the goal? let's say it's driving well he's first on tour and strokes gain off the tee is it iron play uh he's sixth in strokes gain approach rory said earlier this week greens of regulation is the most important thing well he's first on tour and greens of regulation you look at putting putting maybe his weakness he's 96 in strokes gain putting um, but I always think that three putt avoidance, like the conversation we had on, on Sunday is a really important thing here. And Scotty's third and three putt avoidance. So it, everywhere I look, he checks every box. Is it mental game? Is it the strategy? Is it being smart? Well, we've been saying all year that he's the smartest player on tour and Ted Scott is a huge part in that. Uh, and Ted Scott has been on the bag for three masters victories. Uh, and after this week, it, it's very likely to be a fourth. So, I mean, look, it, the, the numbers are just... I'm with you, brother. Maybe they're too good to be true, but sometimes when they're this good, it, it just means that it is true. I mean, from your perspective, yes, you're in last place, but you got the favorite in a big purse by yourself. Mission yeah. accomplished. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm happy right now. We'll see how, yeah. how I feel it on Sunday. It's always great on t- Tuesday afternoons are always... Uh, yeah, are I always did it. I did it, yeah. right? You did it. Patrick, you have a $1.3 million cushion on Greg. You're at 5.3. You are $400,000 behind Kyle. And you, too, have found yourself a solo act. Who'd you pick this week? I absolutely love this pick. Xander Shoffley, your 2023 (laughs) Masters champion, the Zan man. And look, Xander, this year, the only kind of downfall of his game has been off the tee he's just like barely positive it's been relatively down for him but you think about soft fairways wide landing areas of augusta national that's almost neutralized at this point from there on in xander he's you know he's probably better than scotty scheffler on the greens he is on approach he's right there next to him so and honestly i mean greg i don't know if you were watching the coverage today scotty looked pretty frustrated on the the practice putting green today. He, he didn't know what he was doing. He was all in his he head. Should, he should definitely extrapolate that into, yeah. into Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Uh, has anybody ever called Xander the Zan man? Uh, I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. You should, no. you should, you should look TM. into getting a TM on that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. yeah. <laughs> um, so like I said, a couple podium finishes here and what I love the most um, he must have cut last year. He's not going to do that again. So Patrick Reed must have cut the year before he won. So 
Zanman can do it too. The Zan man. Who did your your, your I, I saw some of it, but I didn't see the final tally. Who did your statistical kind of uh, structuring of the event reveal as the winner? Oh, um, so we had to keep in Rory and Scotty, but I eliminated them just because of defending champion history, all that stuff. But the statistical stuff was Rom, Cantlay, Spieth. Somehow JT. I mean, I can't shake that guy, even though how critical I've been of him. <laughs> He's just always there. Uh, Shocker that Justin Thomas is always in the mix. Um, KP, $400,000 clear of Patrick. 1.1 behind Sia. You and Mark will move in tandem this week like a two-person bicycle. Who are you two going with? Me and Mark on a two-person bicycle is not anything anybody wants, but uh, I've got I've got Jordan Spieth winning his fifth green jacket. Um, That's right. Yes, that checks out. I think uh, I don't know. I, it, I I don't I don't love the web, the forecast for him because I need it to be fast, firm, crazy, like balls rolling all over the place. I don't want it to be. John Rom levels of like mushy and wet because I think that uh, that's problematic for our beautiful boy. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna take speed to win win his fifth. Our beautiful boy is like what the the Norwegian announcers call Victor <laughs> when, he hold, when he holds out from a oh. Our boy's done it again. Yeah, I saw boy. I saw Victor today. He was Rick. You gotta we gotta do something about it his wardrobe he was wearing these um i mean i we haven't even gotten to thursday through sunday but he was wearing these brown pants that had a stripe down the like the seam on the outside of the leg just a racing stripe it looked <laughs> yeah it looked like he was a uh a, a fi- he looked like a norwegian figure skater either that <laughs> or Kevin Van Valkenburg, who I was walking with, said he looked like a like a waiter at a '50s uh, drive-in restaurant, <laughs> dressing like a member of the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> it was just like, and he's this guy's one of the nine best golfers on the planet. Have you seen his scripting for this week? Yeah, oh unfortunately, god. yes. Oh it my is. god. Uh, Another awesome. PGA Tour player even commented on it, how bad it is. <laughs> As Nico Echevarria just gave it a couple of laughing emojis. Uh, Nico won a couple of weeks ago. Oh, boy. It's a lot of floral. It's uh, pink and green. And Okay, Patrick, so like, you know. He, he's got the racing stripe on the pants on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, he's fast. He's a fast guy, you know. You never know if he's going to jog around. What what would be the ideal like if it's not Jay Lindbergh like if he signed with X you'd be like yeah that's the fit for Victor. I think honestly it's just the polos. Look at they didn't it's not even creative. Look at Thursday and Saturday they're like let's just put a white block in the torso. I don't like that. It. It's the same pattern they just blocked it out. I do not like that. Yeah, they did that twice. Yeah. Um so, I, I mean, if you kept that kind of with like a plain white t-shirt or a plain white polo, you know, neutral color. You're fine. You're living in the the go zone. But this and after the the green affair at the Players Championship, when that's the only color he was allowed to wear, I mean, they just got to figure it out. We we got to come get your boy, Rick. 
The sick part is like these are like the most expensive polos you can buy. <laughs> like they can't be selling any of these because of what, uh, him wearing them, right? <laughs> There's no way. And I think they just lost Nelly Corda on the women's side too, right? To Nike. Nike. So all, I don't know what all the efforts are going into our boy now. All right, yeah. our other beautiful boy. <laughs> our beautiful boy. Well, <laughs> Jordan Spieth and Mark have opted for Jordan Spieth. Uh, Sia and the fans which not good for the fans because we usually get to see a mush. Uh, they're in the middle of the pack. See a 6.8 fans, 7.2 have gone for, Oh yeah. That man, Rory McElroy. Oh, big bopper. Greg, Greg, you're shaking your head. Oh, I just, it's funny that we normally get to see a mush. He's in the middle of the pack. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that was just a drive by on him. <laughs> this is where the real hashtag justice for Sia needs to come into play. Listen, if you're not here to defend yourself, like what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Also, hey, hey congrats fans on burning the second best player in the world on the ninth biggest purse. Savvy stuff. Yeah. Savvy stuff from the fans. Yeah. Love to see it. Uh, hey, I burned the best player in the world uh, on the ninth best purse. That's true. Yeah, that's why you're in last. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now, Kyle M is in third place, $100,000 ahead of the fans, uh, 1.4 behind me. And there was a there was a, a question in the chat. Uh, just says, from Sam. It says, dumb question, who is Kyle M? I've been watching all the shows since the Sony. Thanks, Sam. And I've never seen or heard from this mystery man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's basically what he is. He is he is the man of mystery. Ky the M stands for mystery, Kyle mystery, and he submits a pick each week. And he is so vital to the day to day that happens around the first cut that we don't even ask him to come on. You know, it's just it's just he's too busy. This is below him. So he submits a pick and he's in third place. Porter's evil twin. We've well, we met him once. He he, Kyle and I got, had the luxury of meeting him, and we had to, we were on our best behavior because we didn't want to feel the wrath of Kyle. M. Yeah, he was great. He almost we, we took a picture on a stage at uh, the Phoenix Open, and I was concerned that he was going to fall off the back of it. He kept back. It was like one of those things where <laughs> somebody's on like a dock and they keep backing up for a photo, and they just fall in the water. That's what I thought was about to happen. So I it was. It was disconcerting stuff, but he was a great guy. I had flashbacks. I used to I used to date a girl who had zero spatial awareness. So you'd be at a bar and she'd keep like backing up like into people and bumping them. And it would honestly probably the reason it didn't work out. It would drive me absolutely up a wall. And I was having some horrible flashbacks when I saw Kyle Mystery like stepping stepping back. I was I was worried about that. Big time. I, I have a, I have a question. I was saying about this last night. I don't know why, but. Uh, if you said something extremely inflammatory about your significant other on the like right now on this podcast, mm -hmm. just like insane, something insane, mm -hmm. how long do you think it would take until they found out about it? Mine immediately. She's probably watching okay. right now. So, Greg, uh, I think I'd get away with it. <laughs> and he's, he's like he's actually thinking i could get away with let this. her rip let her rip but i would never do it anyway i don't have thoughts like that but i could get away with it i'm telling you right now like like forever like you would never it would never you she would never find out there's a real possibility of that
<laughs> I think I think that's my I think I could too. Like I think if Greg and I collaborated on something just like just <laughs> super like just out of control inflammatory about our spouses. I don't I don't think my spouse would ever know about it. You don't have yeah. like a friend, a friend who is listening and would tell their Maybe. spouse who Maybe. would get it back. Like if it was like if it was like the worst thing you could ever say, you don't have a friend who's listening who's who's whose own significant other would get it back to yours? Possibly. That could happen. I don't know which of my friends are listening to this. So <laughs> it depends we, on this is kind of it, a right here. It's kind of huh? a it, it's kind of like a test right now. Yeah. 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 You guys are yeah, testing so, the waters. <laughs> Greg, you go first and we'll all follow. <laughs> no, I think I think I think we just went. I think that was the test, right? Yeah. Right. So if if it gets back to to either one of of your of your wives about this moment of whether you can get away with it or not, we, we'll then know. we know we can't. Exactly. Now, if they're smart, it would get back to them and they wouldn't say anything to you guys. That would be, yeah, that's the risk. So I'm that not really planning. That, <laughs> that would be sick. Uh, Patrick, do you have a take on this? No, that's that's why I've managed to stay uh, single this whole time, just so I don't have to cross these muddy waters. I was just setting you up. It was the D-Wade alley-oop there. Um, In case there's any single singles watching the, the first set. Right. And and from what I can tell, Patrick has they, great yeah. great taste. So, who knows? Great hair, great taste. All right, guys, let's get back to the one and done. Oh boy, <laughs> Kyle M will lone wolf it with Jason Day. I eight point seven million, but one point five million behind Mark. Am terrified. I have a I have a I have a golfer problem where I've like used everybody already. Um, so I'm trying to replenish my arsenal save some save some guys for later and i've opted for a live a live guy and i thought about dj i thought about cam until i listened to his presser and i just said you know what give me the guy who won last week who i think might be crazy enough to win this golf tournament and i took brooks kepka as my one and done selection yeah i i i I don't love kepka this week but i do love the thinking, and I, I actually almost picked Cam Smith for this reason because you're not going to get there, there's five guys that you're not going to be able to really pick at any other time. I thought about DJ, um, and I just ultimately am not. I, I will take one of those guys at a major this year uh, because you again you don't get them anywhere else. But I couldn't I couldn't quite do it at this one. Yeah, the value of. Um... When you only have four chances to, to, to use them and, and you can save it, if they are at least remotely competitive, I think it's a pretty good case to be made. I, I don't love it. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I'm just going to try to, I'm going to try to survive it. And then uh, Mark, uh, as we already alluded to, has gone with Jordan Spieth. Mark is $1.5 million clear, million dollars clear. I do think we have him reeling. He actually tweeted out, Greg. Like he like open sourced his one and done selection this week. I, I saw that. Which, mm -hmm. if you know Mark, he has a year's worth of one and done selections already pre-selected. So the fact that he opened it up, this dude is struggling. Yeah, I com I actually commented on it. Uh, I said, <laughs> um, "Trouble in paradise." <laughs> Sandy, <laughs> Sandy Lyle. <laughs> yeah. So I, that one was a little con that was a little concerning. The mental warfare. Look, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So he says. Yeah. He says I've hit a fork in the road, and then he used this emoji. 
the hand smacking on the face. I'm not convinced on who to use my first cut one and done pick on at the master. He's good at you know, he's good at hashtags. Uh, I've used Scotty. I want to save Rory. I've used Rom. My <laughs> mind is all over the place. Spieth, Cam Young, DJ, Xander? Question mark. Who do you like? Wow. I love that he tagged Spieth in the second one. Just right. in case. <laughs> like, like Jordan's opened up his men just like, oh, good. Mark's got me this yeah. week. In one yeah, yeah. Like sure. he needs more pressure. God. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. I'm All pumped right. about this week. It, it's It's been so fun already. I, what a week. I am I am buzzing. What a week. What a day. What a week. Absolutely yeah. buzzing. Any final thoughts quickly before we get out of here? Anything else? Um, I'm I'm sweating already. It might be because of our beta test that we're running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's like a knock on the door right now. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you haven't seen it, uh, I put it out there earlier. The the Charles Schwartzel Siwoo Kim handshake from 2021. Just go look it up to get you in the mood for the Masters. They it was just, it's it's an abomination and. I just cackle every time I see it. It's so funny to me. It's it's like the best thing ever. Um, and then top 12 finishers get an invite to next year. That's probably more important this year than past year. So keep an eye on that. Did you see the tweet from Deep Fried Egg, Patrick? I did not. Uh, Bob Herrick said uh, Jason Kokrak and Taylor Gooch are playing with Sandy Lyle in his last Masters. And Deep Fried Egg said, Sandy Wiles actually playing with Jason Kokrak and Taylor Gooch in their last master. <laughs> it, it's actually, I, I had like an audible reaction to that tweet. <laughs> I read that tweet and I, I gasped. I was like, oh, I, I'm so. God, that is it, so good. It's so good. It's, it, was, it was a perfect tweet. I, you know, no notes, just absolutely perfect tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next time you see us will be with the round-by-round recaps. Now, you will be able to find us here on the Golf on CBS YouTube channel. You will be able to find us on the big CBS Sports YouTube channel, and you will be able to find us on CBS Sports HQ, which I believe you can get to cbssports.com slash live is what I'm going to say it is. And then also, obviously, in the app and all that fun stuff, you'll be able to access us. So they are putting the first cut out there to the masses. So we will try to be on our best behavior, but certainly no promises. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Big thanks to producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald, available on Twitter at Amateur Status. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. Kyle Porter on site and available at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.